Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Welcome to Netflix and Swill, your source for Netflix and Swill. I'm Caleb. And Mr. Beast didn't pick me out of a thousand people to fix my eyes, so I hate him. And while we're on the subject uh, of, you know, what did what did he do wrong? What the fuck did Guy Fieri ever do to piss people off so bad? Guy wears audacious shirts and all of a sudden he's Satan. He says dope shit like Flavortown. He he has he has fucking bowling shirts with flames on them. He has fu- a fucking frosted tips and a goatee. He drives in a fucking uh uh what the what the hell's the the, the car called? Uh, convertible. A convertible. Yeah, he drives in a fucking convertible, and he goes to eat like garbage food on a daily basis. Like that's God. the life. I think people are just jealous of Guy Fieri. I wish that I had the inner strength to stand in the light of my own truth like he does. Dude's the man. I don't know why everyone hates him. He, like, is he a cornball? Yes. But is yeah. it, does he do dope shit? Sure. Yeah. Welcome to Hating Random Celebrities with Dan and Caleb. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. How are you? I'm okay. I've now hurt my back for the second time in like a month in the oh, exact Christ. same way. So you're aware of like, you know, when you wake up, you do like a stretch of some kind and you like uh, you, you do a stretch of some kind. Well, uh, I did a stretch at like 730 in the morning as my dog is waking me up being like, yo, dog, I want to go outside. So I do the stretch and I fucking pull the exact same back muscle that I pulled uh, several it's that's, better now. That's terrible. Ashley had to uh, massage my back with CBD oil, and I had to sit on a heating pad all day, but I, otherwise I'm fine. Nice. How are you? Where are, where are you? Me and my wife came home to see my in-laws for their birthdays. Like, her parents' birthdays are really close together, so, like, mm. they just have one big party. So I don't have to make two trips, thank God. But we're recording a bit late because uh, we had to go have dinner with my parents. Uh, and they always take a long time because they want to tell me about politics and Jesus. I just want everyone to know that a little late it's three hours later than that's our normal true. recording time. Yeah, yeah, it's three hours. But that's like, I, you know, this is about the time, time I'm winding down to go to bed. And now you have to wind me up because, my God, do I have some shit to complain about in this episode? Yeah. But I also have a CBD story because I'm, I'm trying to fix my sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where I live in New York, weed's OK to have. So there's two places within walking distance that have weed that you can go and buy. Uh, so I okay. went there and I got some some CBD gummies to like relax and and go to sleep and the guy's like we also have these that do have thc that like might help too but i don't because like i was like yeah i don't want to get like high because 
it makes me freak out. Like the few times in my life that I've done that, I did not have a pleasant time. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'll, I'll try the gamut of products that you have on offer. Uh, so I got the fun time party ones. Turns out, uh, my dosage is half of one of those. Cause I took a whole one and I was really, really high. Well, I'm glad you found your dosage almost immediately, but yeah, yeah you've explained why I don't fuck with that shit. Like the CBD oil is about it and I will not do much more. Yeah. But uh it's it's been a a positive experience and I've been getting good sleep. Well, good. I'm glad. Next week we'll do Netflix and chill. And no wait, that's our that's already a thing. Uh, well, you're not on Twitter. There's somebody who on Twitter who was like I have all the streaming services. We hate Netflix now because of the, the thing, the thing in the news. So we're going to I'm going to create a new thing with all the other people. So that way and it's just like, oh, my God, you're very uncreative. Start my I own streaming people. platform with blackjack and hookers. All right. That's it. That's the entire spectrum of things that have happened to me in the past week is. I got high, then I got really high. And then I went to sleep. I mean, at least your sleep's better, I guess. All right. Well, uh, with all that out of the way, let's get into the show proper and talk about what our swill is and what's your swill. Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans. Stay away from the cans. You can find my swill in my sister-in-law's fridge. It's a... Cayman Jack registered trademark margarita premium malt beverage with natural flavors made with lime juice and agave nectar ready to drink. Ready to what? I don't know. 5.8% alcohol by volume. It says margarita and then it and then it says ready to drink, I guess just so you know you don't have to put tequila in it, which I already knew. Sure about that? John Cena gif, you sure about that? I could put tequila in it. I don't like tequila. I could do it. I don't fuck with tequila anymore. Actually, I'll tell you what I don't fuck with is Jaeger bombs. I almost threw up after yeah. a Jaeger bomb one time and I was like, well, that's it for me. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fine with it. I just think that after many years of inner turmoil and by inner turmoil, I mean like becoming sick from drinking too much. Uh, my body's just conditioned to know that it's time to throw up whenever I taste Jägermeister. Right. I don't know. I'm not single enough to fuck with tequila. Because tequila does make my clothes fall off. And I'm quite a bit heavier than I was back in my fuckboy days. It's all right. At least uh, you aren't buying tequila shots for your girlfriend at the time and her friend. And then they then they're like, oh, we're going to go to bed and you yeah. have to deal with these three things that you have yeah. now. And then you crush them and then you lose your Poke Walker. Yeah, I lost my Poke Walker and my iPod. And then I had to worry about people finding my iPod and judging me for the number of my little pony friendship is magic episodes that were on it. It's OK. I, I wouldn't judge you that hard. Uh, me, I'm drinking a gin and tonic with the, uh, the corrected spiced or whatever the fuck. It, I think it was just called spiced or something. Uh, gin. 
It's still cardamom forward. It's not as cardamom forward. Oh, I'm proud of you. You bought another one off of eBay. Yeah. He showed a Poker Walker. Uh, yeah, it's 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 good. I, I like this gin. Uh, I will probably exclusively make this until I find new recipes that are not on a card provided to me by a company. It's a card for collectors. It's a backer card. It's not a DVD. Stop. This is not the gin. This is a card. This is a card with a recipe. Let's move on to the news and talk about the big thing that happened this week and the big thing that people are not going to shut the fuck up about for a long, long time. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Wait, I was... (laughs) I was going to do a quote from Skyrim because you were talking about your gin with cardamom. I was going to say, this is Helgen. I used to be sweet on a girl from here. Wonder if Vlad is still making that mead with juniper berries mixed in. (laughs) Boy, uh, what a game that Skyrim is! Still prescient <laughs> after fifteen re-releases in this in the last twelve years. Yeah, I was thinking about it the other day because I'll never forget the day that Skyrim actually released because it was eleven, 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 mm-hmm. which is clever marketing. But like that's ingrained in my head forever, and it's like if they ever make another Elder Scrolls game instead of re-releasing the same one over and over for 30 years? Like, how do they top that? Uh, well, 11-11-22 was actually a big game release day, too. And no, also, they they I want you to that. know that 11-11-11 was also the release date of a Call of Duty game. I know these things. Why do I know these things? make a wish. I wish I was dead. The news segment is here. Uh, they reviewed that 90s show. Somebody must have watched it. Yeah, me. I, I just watched it. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about it in quick hits, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good show. It's not what I have to complain about. I have to complain about the big news, uh, which we'll now get into, because I don't really have anything to say about that 90s show. It's another sitcom. They needed another sitcom to renew. Uh, by God, do they need help with sitcoms? So, of course, they were going to force feed this to us. Mm-hmm. Also, um, I know I said I had nothing to talk about with this, but I, I do have uh, another thing. Uh, it's 10 episodes for the first season. They upped the order to 16 episodes for season two. Okay. Uh, closer to your 23 or 22 episode 30-minute comedy show. Uh, I can't wait for some kid in the neighborhood to be named Han and for them to pressure her into dating him. (sighs) Eric at one point says, uh, you know, her name is Leia Tatooine Foreman, and I wanted to fucking jump through my TV and fucking murder everybody involved with the show. Then it turns out that's not her real middle name. I don't think that it's a good thing to name your daughter after a planet, just like in terms of body image. I will say this. Uh, one more thing about Eric's character in uh, that 90s show. He is apparently a college professor. And he teaches about the religion of Star Wars. Which is peak white people shit. So, yeah. UCLA had a class on StarCraft strategy. I mean, that makes sense, though. StarCraft strategy is actually dense and needs to be explained. 
what I'm saying is that you don't need to be smart to go to college. Anybody can just do it if you pay them. That's true. I did it. Yeah. Yes, that that is also true. You also went, did go to college. All right, let's talk about the big thing. So, uh, Netflix accidentally shared the first stages of its password sharing plan. Whoopsie. Uh, accidentally, as in, they definitely meant to do this. But uh, the reaction to it was so bad that they had to roll things back. I can't believe my phone got hacked and I sent you a picture of my dong. <laughs> no, that wasn't me. That was my twin brother who who sent that. I promise. That was my twin, smaller, penised brother. All right. So the, the big thing to note with this is now that uh, there's a very specific line of text is very important going forward and it is that quote people who do not live in your household will need to use their own account to watch netflix so how how am i gonna share my account with my wife's boyfriend i don't know see that that there says nothing because we know they're introducing a paid sharing plan so why why does that line of text exist? Mm. It doesn't make any sense. All right. Next thing. Uh the mistakenly published sharing rules required a device to connect to the primary household's internet every 31 days. Could you could you be a little bit more sarcastic whenever you say the words that you put in quotation marks on this? Uh the the mistakenly published sharing rules required a device mistakenly yeah alright um yeah so 31 days every 31 days you have to log back into your your home internet in order to refresh your devices to be able to use Netflix uh that has now been walked back in favor of a four digit verification code that is sent to the primary email address or phone number of the account holder to be shared out to whoever. So nothing's changed. You just have to, you just have to re up it every, every month. I mean, that does let me not have to continue to share my account with my ex-girlfriend and my wife's boyfriend and my uncle's brother's cousin's sister's former roommate. Yeah. It's nice for that, uh, but also you could just manage what account or what devices are logging into accounts and changing your password. Those are all options, too, uh, in this theoretical situation where these people still have access to your account. Man, you know, when the last time was I changed a password to anything? I don't. Me neither. Oh, well. Uh, I don't change passwords that often unless I forget them. And then I get, I try to re-enter the password that I thought was the password the whole time. And then it's like, you can't re-enter old passwords. And it's like, well, fuck you then. I don't know. I have a couple things that whenever I log into them, Google's like, oh, this password was found in a database of breached passwords. But I'm like, this is like an online game that I don't care. So I'm not changing it. And it's just yeah. been that way for 11 months. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. 
Okay. Uh, next, uh, Netflix will track your usage through IP addresses. They they were all they were already doing this, uh, but now now they're publicly saying it. Uh, just an FYI for everybody: spoofing your IP address or connecting through a VPN will not allow you to actually watch licensed content. You will only be able to watch totally owned Netflix originals. Hmm. Uh, despite what like ExpressVPN commercials say and NordVPN yeah, commercials watch say, Netflix stuff from France. But like uh, it's never worked that way. No, you can see it, but you'll never be able to watch it. Like if you click into it, it'll just be like, "We can't. This isn't available in your area." Netflix made this change like two years ago to how it worked. So just be aware: IP spoofing and VPNing doesn't fix anything that you think it will fix. In fact, it will make things worse. <laughs> And then finally, no paid sharing prices have been shared at this time. I don't know why I put shared in the, the title of the thing twice. Although Netflix has communicated to test regions that the sharing price will be less than the basic tier price. Well, well, yeah, like if it was more than the basic tier price, then like you just have two accounts. Yep, exactly. Caleb, do you have anything to actually say about this? I don't really care. I think that... <sighs> If you're if you're upset about Netflix, like you were probably upset at them anyway. And I don't know, they're a company. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't own their business. That's fair. Um, I think this sucks. For consumers, I think this is this this legitimately sucks. It's not it's not great, but like. I, I guess what I'm saying is like you. You have always and will always have the choice whether you do business with them. And if you don't, yes, you can just cancel it. You don't have to tell me about it on Reddit. No, you you have to get the social cloud of being like, well, this is the final nail in the coffin for Netflix for me. Give give or, me fake Internet points. Company bad. Yeah, company bad. Uh, I can't believe capitalist company would try to make money. Right. My big, I have two problems with this. One is that this is, Netflix has done the absolute worst thing with this, which is they've let the narrative get away from it, like get away from them controlling it. Like, because they they roll out these little things and then people's imaginations run completely wild and misinformation gets reported. And then people just believe the misinformation because there's nothing to prove them otherwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of their whole deal. Netflix has been consistently terrible at communicating with their customers, at least for the duration of this podcast's existence. The only time they've ever done anything decently communication wise was if you remember, this was like maybe three years ago. They discovered like a couple hundred thousand accounts that were inactive. And they were like, yo, we're going to just email you. And if you don't reactivate the account within like the next month, we're just going to shut off the account for you. And that way you don't you're not charged anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that was the only good thing they've done. Otherwise, it's just been like dog shit after dog shit. Uh, my other issue with this is uh, I keep seeing people online saying, hooray, we bullied the company into changing a policy. 
and I know the people who listen to this show understand this. So if you just want to forward this to, you know, somebody who has no concept of how the internet works, uh, the Reddit posts, the tweets, the Facebook posts, the Facebook comments, the replies on Twitter, anything, the TikToks made, anything on social media that doesn't actually cost Netflix any money, which your social media posts don't cost Netflix any money. People's actions of actually canceling the subscription cost Netflix money. Uh, they didn't fucking matter to Netflix. Netflix didn't get bullied by you. Just enough people canceled that they were like, well, wait a minute. This is going beyond what we thought we were going to have to deal with when it came to cancellations. Maybe we should walk this back at least a little bit for now and then, you know, reintroduce some stuff later. Well, yeah, like that's them not having to pay to conduct their market research. Yeah. Like there's no such thing as bad publicity. And if everybody's angry at you, that means that you have brand awareness. Yeah, that's true. So your your tweet about how Netflix is, are scumbags for doing this. Uh, yeah, it may have led to people being like, oh, I should cancel Netflix and them actually canceling Netflix. But like your tweet on its own does nothing. They don't care. Nobody at Netflix gives a shit what you tweet. The only thing that matters is when you go into your account screen and you click cancel membership. Are you sure? Yes. We're sorry to see you go. Until you see the phrase, we're sorry to see you go or some version of that. You didn't do fucking shit. And that's me on my soapbox about this. Your internet comments don't fucking matter. Just shut the fuck up and cancel the thing or don't. <laughs> but Dan, social media has taught me that my voice is as important as literally anybody else's internal thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Unfortunately. So that's all the, the news. Let's move into downstream and talk about some trailers that we watched this week. Baby, I can't control the internet. Uh, first trailer is for Murder Mystery 2. Four years after solving their first murder mystery, Nick and Audrey Spitz, Adam Sandler, Jess Jennifer Aniston, are now full-time detectives struggling to get their private eye agency off the ground when they're invited... Oh man, four years later and they're struggling to get it off the ground? That's not good. Right. How are they staying liquid? They're invited to celebrate the wedding of their friend, the Maharaja, on his private island, uh, Maharaja, played by Adil Akhtar, this description wants me to say. Uh, but trouble follows the Spitzes again when the groom is kidnapped for ransom soon after the festivities begin, making each glamorous guest, family member, and the bride herself a suspect. Murder Mystery 2 sends Nick and Audrey Spitz on a high-stakes case that finally gives them everything they've ever dreamed of, a shot at their detective agency finally becoming successful, uh, and their long-awaited trip to Paris. The film is directed by Jeremy Gerlich and also stars Mark Strong, Melanie Laurent, Jody Turner-Smith, Kuhu Verma, John Connie, and Danny Boone. Murder Mystery, The Squeakwool. So yeah, throw aside the fact that their struggling detective agency should be insolvent and not exist at this point. Yeah, a typical small business can last about six months after it starts without becoming 
profitable. Yep. So uh, throw that out. Also throw out that uh, for some reason, the leap of logic is that everyone at the, the wedding is a suspect for the groom being kidnapped and it can't possibly be outside forces in any way, shape or form. His name is the Maharaja. Like, oh, the only people who could be gunning for him are his close friends and family members. Yeah. Yeah, that's dumb. And maybe the movie actually explains why it's those people, but it didn't do that in the trailer. So we just I, I don't get it. it. It sounds like we're complaining and we are. I will watch this movie so hard. Uh, the first one was stupid and I loved it. Yep. I, I can't believe that Adam Sandler made me like a movie that he did. Uh, but I will watch murder mystery movies until he decides he's tired of it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he he decided he wanted to take his friend Jennifer Aniston on a trip to Paris and he got a studio to fund it. Good for him. Yeah, exactly. I, I have no problems with this. This is fine. Uh, I will watch this. We will watch this. This is a main review topic for the show. I Yeah, uh, like I'll shit. I can shit on this movie as much as I want right now. I'm sure it will be a an enjoyable time. And we'll actually have a fair murder mystery. Yeah. Who wrote murder mystery? James Vanderbilt did the screenplay. I was going to say, it's definitely not an Adam Sandler joint because it was a funny and competently written and B <laughs> uh, Jennifer Aniston's character wasn't, didn't have the initials VV. VV. Yeah. Wait, wait, Adam Sandler is married to Lauren Lapkus. Yes. No. Or no. Who the fuck's Adam Sandler married to? What's her, Who's Lauren it's... Lapkus married to? I don't know. Hmm. The hell is his wife's name? She Jackie she showed. Oh, okay. she was in um. She's been in multiple Happy Madison productions as somebody else's wife. Yeah. Oh, her name's Jackie Sandler. Yeah. I thought Lauren Lapkus was murdered to one of murdered murder mystery. Uh, I thought she was married to one of the Happy Madison crew. That's possible. But I might just be wrong. Because I was like, oh, if she is married to Sandler, then like you turn the L's 45 degrees, you got VV. Conspiracy? Fucking A right it is. She's married to Mike Castle. I don't know who eh. this is. I've never heard of, of Mike has, Castle in my entire none life. None of this has been anything. It's okay. I just, oh, fucking Adil Akhtar was in Murder Mystery. I don't remember that. Yeah, as the Maharaja. I guess I just need to rewatch Murder Mystery. Yeah. Probably a good idea. What did this win an award? The fucking Murder Mystery won an award for something. Uh, favorite comedy at the People's Choice Awards. Okay, show them the medal I won. Okay. You're allowed to like this movie, people. It's okay. Alright. Uh, trailer 2 is for Free Ridge. New love, new grudges, and a new crew is back on the block we all love. Free Ridge, an On My Block spinoff series, is now streaming on Netflix. 
from the creators of On My Block, Free Ridge is a coming-of-age comedy following sibling rivals Gloria and Inez and their friends Demi and Cameron, who have unleashed a curse, bringing dark misfortune into their lives. Fourteen friends work to reverse a curse after a peculiar old box seems to bring misfortune and more into their lives. Uh, I do not love the block because I don't know what on my block is. Uh, It was a relatively popular teen. I want to say Latinx show. I think it had four seasons. Uh, That might be wrong. It might be three seasons, but it at least wrapped up and finished and people weren't fucking bitching about it. And so now Netflix has created a spinoff for it. This trailer was released on the same day the uh, show was put on Netflix. So, you know, true faith behind it. Yeah. This isn't like important to anything, but it bothers me that it's pronounced Latinx because it was pronounced Latino and Latina. So why is it not Latinx? It might be Latinx, but that sounds like Kleenex, and I don't want it to sound like that. I've always said Latinx, but I, I hear everybody say Latinx. I, because people probably agree with me that Latinx sounds like Kleenex. I never would have made that connection. It's an extra syllable. Whatever. Uh, this looks okay. I didn't watch it on my block. So I really, like, I'm sure it doesn't matter that I watched this, or that I haven't watched on my block to watch this, but, like, I watched that trailer, and I didn't see anything about a box and it causing misfortune. All I saw was, like, teen kids no, being teen kids. I just saw kids. two sisters yelling at each other. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Could be fine. Probably is fine. Uh, interested to see how many people have seen it so far, considering the fact that Netflix barely pushed anything for it. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look bad. It looks fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> a suggested video for me from this trailer is uh, Mr. Beast. A thousand blind people see for the first time. But I hate him because he didn't pick me. Yeah. And he did it all for clout. I'm so mad at Mr. Beast, I blinded myself again. Oh, man. All right. That will move us into quick hits, or we'll talk about some stuff we watched this week. Fuck you, Cody, you fucking nerd! I don't think I have anything. Let me check. I think most of my activity has been on HBO because I started watching Gravity Falls. Mmm. This is the one thing that bothers me with Netflix is they reshuffle the order that things are in so that I can't find my continue watching because they want me to scroll through a bunch of things and yep. be exposed to more content. Now, I don't have anything. Okay. Uh, well, as I said, I watched that 90s show. It's about a half an hour. It's actually the first episode's a half an hour. Everything else is like under 25 minutes. I've watched through seven episodes so far. I watched them all basically today. And uh, the pilot's bad. It's actually a bad, it's actually a really bad pilot. And uh, I I just say, get through it so you understand the conceit, which is basically just like, they go to uh, 
Kitty and Red's house and uh, leave Leia there because she runs into a bunch of kids that she has a good time with and wants to actually have friends. So they leave her there for the summer. And it's just from that point on, it's just that 70s show. But in the 90s, uh, there are people who like, like there are things that are very not 90s, like outside of, uh, you know, Leia wearing uh, basically like short, short overalls. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the they're shorts, but mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. overalls and. Like yeah, that's, that's very nineties. Very nineties uh, look. Yeah, the thing that uh quirky girls in the nineties would wear while they paint. Yeah, exactly. Uh, except, you know, for the summer, you know, instead of yeah, you know, full like, length uh, overalls. Like, oh, what the fuck's her name? Janie. Oh, this is gonna bother me. Janie, um, not another teen movie. Well, there's that. But I was thinking of uh Ten Things I Hate About You. Julia Stiles. Yes, Julia Stiles. Man, you remember when Julia Stiles was like... Mm. Yeah, she did that movie, and then the Bourne movies, and then that was it. She gave us her magic, and then she went away forever. Just like Toad the Wet Sprocket. Another thing from the 90s. One thing I will say, distinct lack of people calling each other the R word. That's true. That's probably good. It's oh, it's good. Believe me, it's good. But like, it's not really like I know from back in the day, people were calling each other that. And I get why you don't have that in a show in 2023. But also, eh. uh, I know people are complaining about that, but like. When people are complaining that it doesn't use the R word. (laughs) Yes, I think it's a I think it's an extremely disingenuous complaint about the show. (laughs) Uh uh-oh i think the world might be doomed yes it is Uh, also there's a gay character and no one says the three letter f word or the six letter f word Hmm. and they're all just very accepting of this man but he's in the closet right no he's very much out in fact one of the episodes is about him coming out to kitty oh no and then red beats him up Red didn't do anything, and Kitty was very accepting. <laughs> that 90s show was what I used to call my all-the-time life, and I can tell you, that's not how it be. No. No, people were, were spouting off the R word, the three-letter F word, the six-letter F word, all the time. In fact, I did it, and that was in, like, the the 2000s I was doing that. I'm not afraid to admit that. I've grown. I I did feel terribly clever in high school whenever I found out that like if people called me the three letter F word and said they were going to kick my ass, I could get out of it by saying I am and I'm going to suck your dick. And then they would be like, you're weird. I'm never talking to you again. <laughs> and then they would leave. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to suck your dick. But like if somebody if somebody tried to like, you know, follow up on it, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have sucked their dick. Well, the beauty of that is, uh, as Dave Chappelle said in his first comedy special, which was perfect, you know, 
having someone throw a snowball at you, it's just like, whatever. But someone calling you the N-word afterwards, well, that's a felony hate crime. Yeah. And so having someone say, I'm going to kick your ass, uh, gay slur, insert gay slur, that's a hate crime. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. And now, uh, and now I'm going to take all of your parents' money. I know. Fantastic stuff. So, yeah, uh, outside of those couple things that are better left in the fucking past and we're better off for not having those things said in the show, the show feels just like that 70s show. I, you know, Based off of how everyone else was talking about the show, being like, Red and Kitty are carrying the show, and I'm just like, yeah, they're great. Like, they're always great. But, like, I enjoy watching the kids do their shit. Like, it's actually, like, the kid stuff is also really engaging and is just like that 70s show. Do Red and Kitty still not recognize the smell of marijuana? I know, right? That's it's it's so wild because it like at the end of the first episode they find a bag. Like, there's apparently a bag of weed stuffed in a fucking box of Candyland. So it's at least twenty year old weed, and they just smoke it like it's fine because they're kids. That's not how that works. I know, but whatever. Who gives a shit? That would be like smoking pencil shavings. Yeah. Uh but yeah, uh they've, they've they smoke quite a bit and uh you know they do it's the same it's the same show. It's just the same show just, you know, in the 90s. And I feel like if you aren't liking the show, that's probably your fault. Unless you didn't like that 70s show. If you like that 70s show, <laughs> you will like that 90s show. Just get past the pilot. The pilot's bad. <laughs> I think you've stumbled on a new a new marketing tactic, which I think is very powerful, which is that if you don't like something, it's your fault. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the Netflix marketing strategy. I learned from the best. Am, am I out of touch? No, no, it's the children who are wrong. Exactly. Uh, and then so, yeah, uh, that's it. That 90 show is great. Like. I want more. Of, I can't wait to watch more of this. Like, I'm very excited that we're getting a season two and I want more people to watch the show. So uh, also Netflix license that 70s show, please, for love of fucking God, find a way to get it. Uh, and then I also watched uh, Kunk on Earth. Yes, that is the real fucking title of, of, of a Netflix special thing. Uh, this is a limited series from Charlie Brooker. Uh, creator of Black Mirror and the Death to 2021 movie. I think he also did Death to 2022, but I actually, actually, no, he didn't. I think he just like produced on it. I don't think he actually wrote anything for it. And this has the the actress comedian Diane Morgan uh, going around as a person who is generally informed on the history of the world, but for the most part is just there to ask incredibly stupid questions of actual historians and the the true comedy is derived from watching how pressed these fucking historians get whenever somebody suggests something completely inaccurate to the point of like they have no idea how to respond to that person because like the amount of slack jawed historians i've seen in this show is astounding and it's funny every fucking time mm-hmm. One of my favorite clips is when she goes, and actually this guy actually plays along with her too. So like 
there there are people who are in on the joke and play along with it but there are some people who take like their historian shit so fucking seriously but uh, one of her questions was so what do you think was more culturally impactful the renaissance or beyonce's single ladies and the guy are the the guy the guy being like well I think in both of their times, they were significant in their own ways, but I feel like the Renaissance led to more discovery and, uh, <laughs> but, you know, giving giving like a real answer, but it's also very tongue in cheek in how he's giving his answer. He's like, I'm a fan of Beyonce, but the Renaissance, like, come on. So, yeah, it's funny if you like that, like death to 2021, death to 2022 stuff. Or actually, 2020 and 2021. They didn't do Death 2022. I'm assuming because they did this instead. So, yeah, if you like those kind of shows, uh, you should like this. And if you don't, that's your problem. So, yeah, that's that's the stuff I watched this week on Netflix. You don't like this show, and I blame you. Yeah. Also, the beauty of both shows that I watched, they're about half an hour apiece. So, like, you can, you know, very little investment time that you have to watch for all these Conk on Earth is five episodes. That's it. That 90 show is uh, 10 episodes. So what? We're like talking seven and a half hours for both. And I, I recommend both. Like, you can't go wrong with that shit. And that is all I watched. So let us uh, hop, skip and a jump into a quick break. And when we come back from that break, we will talk about our main view topic for the week, which is. Is that black enough for you? Hi there, this is Imran from the Jock and Nerd Podcast, and every year, Gerald from Two Peas puts on his own personal movie awards, affectionately called the Golden Peas, the best name ever, honoring the previous year in film. This year will be the first as a YouTube broadcast, and we'll have guest presenters giving out awards in seven movie categories, including Best Movie, Best Female Performance, and Best Horror Movie, just to name a few. And the best part about all of this is that the winners are voted on and chosen by you. These awards are 100% based on your participation and votes. Please help me share and promote it leading up to the event. And don't forget to cast your ballot this year. Head on over to 2peasonapod.com slash goldenpeas to see the list of nominees and cast your votes. Then tune in on Monday, March 13th, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time to see the winners revealed live on YouTube. We will have some amazing special guests, and Gerald will be joined by co-host, the god of podcasting himself, Brian Loisos. We hope you join us this year to once again celebrate our shared love of the movie. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get our main view topic for the week, which is, is that black enough for you? Is das schwarz genug für dich? Which is how I just learned how to say it in German from Google Translate. Uh, is a documentary history film. I don't know. Is eh, I guess I guess that's two separate yeah. things. It came out last November at. I genuinely wanted to watch this. I kind of didn't realize that this is our first episode for Black History Month, so good for us, I guess. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, literally just put that together today while I was watching. It was like, oh, hey, look, look at me. Um, it's rated R because it has boobs in it. <laughs> it has a lot of boobs. 
don't get too excited. Most of them are white lady beebs and they're from the seventies. They're like, you know, beebs were shaped different in the seventies. Uh, I think because bras were shaped different back then, but I'm not going to go off on a weird thing here. I'm done talking about it. Uh, This movie tracks the history of black cinema focused mainly on the seventies with archival and new interviews and many of the key players from the era. Uh, This is written, directed and narrated by Elvis Mitchell Uh, has a bunch of interviews from a bunch of people that you've probably seen a lot of things. Um, I don't know. The big one is like Harry Belafonte. They focus on him a lot. Uh, Billy yeah. D's here. Uh, fucking love me some Billy D. Lawrence Fishburne, Whoopi Goldberg, um, Samuel L. Jackson. A lot of a lot of people that you know are in this. Oh, and Zendaya. I almost forgot she was in it, but she she showed up for a bit. I love Zendaya. She's in Dune, and as everybody knows, I'm obsessed with Dune. That's true. So, Caleb, uh, you wanted to watch this for a long time. What did you think of? Is this is that black enough for you? Uh, I thought that it was pretty good. It's mainly like here's some facts and things and what it meant to the people who lived it. Um, So, you know, a documentary. If you like documentaries. And like learning stuff about the history of film and the history of, you know, race relations and how black people were viewed in popular culture throughout time. You probably will like this. And they talk a lot about Shaft. And if you don't, that's your problem. Yeah. It's for my part. I like enough of it. I like the history lesson it takes me on. That being said, I feel like once we get into the overall thesis of the the documentary, which is to talk about the time period of 1968 to 1978 in terms of black cinema, mm-hmm. uh, the movie moves at a breakneck pace to get through fucking everything. Yeah, to get through like three decades of shit. Which like, I get, I get why you have, like, you have to move quickly, but it mm-hmm. just feels like for the, for the most part, they were just like, here's every black made movie that was made in that decade. And we have to mention it and we will check it off. And there'll be some we elaborate on. Like we'll talk about shaft a lot. There was a, Oh God, what was the one that actually sounded super interesting. It was the one where the CIA took like a dude and like put him on the streets and oh, he yeah. used the CIA's tactics to lead a revolution. Yeah. I forget the title of it, but like, um, I was, I was thinking about that too while I was watching this and like, I was thinking about, you know, cause we recently watched you people and I, it was like, you know, so many things in this are like, I I might have heard this or of this or like I'm vaguely aware of this, but I haven't seen any of these movies. And like, by and large, this might as well be a documentary about like movies made by aliens on another planet because yeah. it's like out completely outside of my world and experience. And like, 
you know, for for better or worse for the documentary, like I think I think it's a decent documentary. Like it does blow through a lot of shit quickly just like to get you there. But yeah. like if nothing else, this made me want to watch a lot of the movies that it featured in it. And it also talks about how like Gone with the Wind sucks, which like y- yes, yes, that movie sucks. I haven't seen Gone with, with the Wind in a long time, so I have I no know. idea. I dated a girl who that was her favorite movie, and I was like, oh, I've never seen it. And she made me watch it, and she, like, fucking seven hours later, she was like, well, what did you think? And I was like, can we go to bed? <laughs> <laughs> I think the first, like, 20 minutes, which is, like, the history of what black cinema was and, like, what black representation in cinema was before this decade was really good and really interesting and also fucking horrifying to look at. Cause it's just like a bunch of people in blackface and like, that's fucking horrible. Yeah. But then there was the one where it was like, uh, a movie about a white guy who wakes up and finds out that he's black and it was <laughs> black guy in white face. And it was actually unironically like, the funniest shit that I think I've seen in a long time. I want to see that movie so bad. <laughs> it's like, hey, you fucking turned it back on us. You got us. Good job. Yeah, I want to watch that movie so badly. Like, there's several <laughs> movies from this that I, I'm like, oh, that's a really interesting concept. I want to watch this. Please, somebody have this. And I need to go through and, like, you know, figure out where what they all are. But, like, yeah. So, like you said. There's a bunch of movies that I have no concept for, yeah. no concept for at all. Like I just kept waiting for being like, all right, when are we going to talk about Rudy Ray Moore? Like Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore exists. Like let's talk yeah. about the Dolomite movies. I know those. He he shows up in a shot of it, but I don't think that they say the words Rudy Ray Moore or Dolomite. Nope. But they have like a a shot of Rudy Ray Moore holding up a thing that says. Rudy Ray Moore is Dolomite and then putting around his shoulders like a cape and running off into the sunset. Yeah, which, <laughs> which is very Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, that's that's him to a T. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things like even because it gets into like, you know, uh, once black cinema started to be a thing, how like, you know, people copied it or like instances of it that like, were unintentionally like important specifically for black cinema. And like one of the things they talk about is like George Romero's night of the living dead. were like the whole way through the movie. Cause like the role wasn't written for a black man, like a black man just happened to be cast and was the star of the movie. Yep. But like the fact that like it's this black man who spends his whole the whole time during this movie fighting to protect the white people. And then at the end of it, he gets shot and is just like another dead body that they throw on the fire is like some, some real shit. And like George Romero did not intend it whatsoever. Ostensibly. So like, yeah. uh, What I'm saying is it's cool and good. And I, I liked watching it. Yeah, like I definitely learned a lot of stuff, but also like at a certain point, it just felt like information overload to where it was just like, 
you're telling me a lot of people and names of movies and like you're uh, you're giving it 10 seconds and then you're moving on to the next movie which has people and the name of the movie and you're just Mm -hmm. doing that for two hours and that doesn't like that doesn't help me retain any information it feels like history class yeah i don't know how you fix that Unless you like make this a docu series, and it's like yes. this week we're gonna talk about the Shaft films, and like this week we're gonna talk about Rudy Ray Moore or whatever. But like, I don't know whether that's like a fault with the documentary, which like it very well may be, or if it's just like because of that cultural disconnect of not having come up through the world. Like, I don't know anything about the subject matter of this film other than kind of what they told me and that shaft exists. Right. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Like I said, I, th- I think there's definitely parts of it that are informational and, and very interesting. And then there are parts of it where I just kind of like glaze over being like, Oh my God, just stop naming things, please. So I can just grasp a little bit about <laughs> these things. Like, I just feel like you either like I I get you wanting to celebrate everything, but when you're celebrating everything, the the, the syndrome fucking quote, but like when you celebrate everything, nothing's being celebrated. Yeah, I guess. Except for Shaft. Like we all know about Shaft and we're all good with Shaft and we're all good with Pam Greer. Like they spent five minutes talking about Pam Greer and we're like, yes, we like that. I did also learn that Harry Belafonte probably has the most integrity of like anybody who's ever been a famous person. That's true. Cause people were like, we'll let you do movies, but not the way you're saying you should be able to do movies. And he's like, uh, I'm not going to do movies then. Yeah. It was like, I could fuck off to Paris tonight. Like, yeah, I don't need your fuck. I don't need your movie. I'm popular enough as it is without these movies. I just won't do movies. And he didn't do movies for 11 years. So, yeah, uh, I have homework. I know that like there's some there's some legitimately interesting projects that I want to watch after this, like after watching this. But I just wanted it to be presented a little bit better so that way I could actually retain some information instead of being like, oh, I'm trying to find I'm trying to figure out a name of a movie that isn't, you know, coffee or shaft. like. Outside of those ones, which I already knew and was already familiar with, like, I don't remember about, like, anything except for Blackula. Blackula, you know, we, yeah. Blackula's Blackula. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I want to, I want to go back and watch, like, every movie that Billy D. Williams has been in. Cause, like, I like Billy D. Williams a lot, but as, uh, a white man. I pretty much know him as Lando Calrissian and Harvey Dent. Yeah. All right, then. Uh, that's our entry into Black History Month. Yeah. Uh, what would you give it? I like it. I'm I'm going to say. Uh, I'm going to say three and half. Yeah, I'm just going to go flat three. Yeah, it definitely got me interested in like the broader spectrum of black cinema, though. Yeah, which is something that like I already had a at least I would say a passing interest in. But like I've made no effort to like further expand on that. 
but now I really want to watch Sweet Sweetback's badass song, uh, <laughs> which is a movie title. Yeah, like there, there's definitely some projects that I'm interested in and wa- in watching, but like, I I just feel like the presentation is more machine gun. Let's talk about everything, yeah. and in reality, talk about nothing. You know. So also, yeah. Pam Greer was gorgeous. Yes. Uh, so yeah, uh, is that black enough for you? Three, three and a half. You know, yeah, in that area. Yeah, and we almost uh, got through the whole review with me not commenting on a woman's appearance. So, almost. Whoops. You're really close, and I'm almost proud of you. <laughs> so I was really close. Oh well. Uh, two hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred million years of human evolution have uh, conditioned me to notice. So, there it is. There it is. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, there's no really good ways to segue into this, but uh, we also <laughs> this week have a patron requested review for the movie Twins. Well, fine. If you don't want my money, you mean if we watch terrible movies, you'd give us money? Well, sure. Mr. Caleb, welcome to the patron review segment. All right. Twins is a 1988 comedy crime film. It's a 6.1 out of 10 on IMDb. A physically perfect but innocent man goes in search of his long lost twin brother who is short, a womanizer and a small time crook. Uh, I thought that said small cock. (laughs) Uh, This has Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, uh, two fraternal twin brothers who are the product of a science experiment gone horribly awry. Uh, and they're running in a van and then from old women in a Mexican armada, the tagline is only their mother can tell them apart, which is ostensibly, or, you know, it's, that's pretty, pretty obviously not true. Mm-hmm. The concept of having Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito be twin brothers is still one of the funniest things that like any Hollywood writer has ever managed to put down onto a piece of paper. Yeah, Uh, exactly. It's it's delightful and great and all good things uh, in this world flow from this movie. Yeah, it's, it's funny just because like the sight gag of giant man, Arnold Schwarzenegger and 410 Danny DeVito. But like, oh, the camera's behind them and they don't notice it, but they're itching their ass the same way. So like, you know, it's funny. There's also a montage of like when Arnold's driving around in in his car and Danny DeVito's doing stuff and he's like, they both feel the same things and they, you know, they like fucking Arnold's able to tell what car Danny DeVito drives just by looking at it because they're twins. But yeah, the uh, the idea of it is like there was uh, an experiment to create uh, the future human supreme where uh, these these seven eugenicists all uh, 
beat off into a test tube together and they spun it around in a centrifuge and turkey bastard it into their mom. Uh, two fetuses happened and one of them was a good one and they sent him to live on an island and learn science and philosophy and the other one sucked and they sent him to an orphanage and be he became a small time criminal. Uh, it's nature versus nurture the movie starring eugenics yeah like the the whole conceit of the movie is basically twofold it's that arnold schwarzenegger wants to and what is his name julius or something like that yeah julius and vincent and vincent so julius is uh looking for danny devito because you know fraternal twin brother wants to find him have a family because he's lived yeah. on this island in solitude so, so he decides to leave the island and gets in a rowboat and paddles across <laughs> the ocean no wonder he's so fucking jacked if he's fucking <laughs> rowing across the goddamn ocean like that my god he he beats somebody up at one point in the movie because they don't express reverence for the rules of logic which i'm sure you were just like oh my god i'm gonna come yeah I'm so turgid. <laughs> so after they meet, uh, Arnold then is like, Julius is then like, all right, well, now I want to meet like our dads, our seven dads. And also I want to find mom. And so uh, Julius goes to find one of the dads who is like 60 years old and kind of jacked. And so we can tell where he got his physique from was the kind of Jack guy. He explains about the whole experiment, what happened. And then Julius proceeds to find none of the other fathers because they don't matter yeah. anymore because the, it, who cares? Yeah, I was hoping there was going to be one who was like short, dumpy, bald and had a really bad attitude. <laughs> but was actually really intelligent or, or something like, I don't know. Something to explain the Danny DeVito-ness, but it was just like, no, he's genetic waste. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Which is the saddest thing I've ever heard in a movie that, like, they say that Danny DeVito's just the leftover crap. Yeah, uh, that's and, and everyone like the the doctor was like, hey, Vincent, how are you from jail? I hope you haven't been in jail too much, you fucking useless piece of garbage. And he's like, fuck you, I'm married to Rhea Perlman, and I'm on <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and I'll offer you a nice egg in this trying time. I love uh, the, the behind the scenes of, uh, I think it was season three of Always Sunny, where they have to, they make Charlie go <laughs> suck Danny DeVito's yeah. dick. It, you have to go suck off DeVito, hurry up, we gotta finish writing these scenes. It's in his <laughs> contract, didn't you read your contract? <laughs> that, see, see yeah. that's how put, I know Danny some, DeVito. Put some Vaseline like, on your oh, lips. No, I know Danny DeVito from like this time where he's doing like yeah. twins and eventually like LA Confidential and like like Junior. Yeah. I know him as uh Philatides from Hercules. It's also in Hercules. His character looks exactly like him. Yeah. He's a short goat man. Yeah. Uh and he's also horny because he's part goat. Yeah. yeah. So the guys uh, then uh, begin this quest to go find their mom. Uh, but Danny DeVito actually found like a rocket engine in the back of one of the cars he stole. 
and is able yeah. to get $5 million for it if he gives it to these people? Yeah. Uh, also, the second part of, I, I guess, Dana DeVito's side quest is to teach Arnold Schwarzenegger how to have sex. Yeah. Uh, Not a with, lot of women on the remote island. Yeah, there was uh, Kelly Preston, who uh, unfortunately passed away last year. I think it was last year. It may, might have been 2020 uh, due to breast cancer. But uh, Arnold Arnold bones her down after beating the shit yeah. out of a bunch of like a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And after her, like giving a lot of obvious signals and he's like, no, you can have the bed. I usually just sleep on the floor. And then she's just like, well, maybe I'll sleep on the floor. And then like, he still doesn't get it. And she's so understanding too. Yeah. She's just like, Oh, this man's a fucking moron. Let me make all the moves. Yeah. But I, I will take him cause he's a giant slab of beef. Yeah. What I'm saying is that, like, deep down inside, we're we're all just we ain't nothing but mammals. Something, something, something. Discovery Channel. Well, well, some of us cannibals who cut other people open like cantaloupes. But if we can hunt at animals and antelopes, then there's no reason that a man and another man cantaloupe. So yeah, uh, the movie then goes the exact way you think it goes. They get into hijinks. Uh, they attempt to find their mom. Uh, it turns out she's dead. And uh, they fuck off to New Mexico or actually Danny yeah. Vito gets upset and fucks off to New Mexico with the car or not New Mexico, fucking Houston, Texas with yeah. the car. Even worse. Even worse than just regular old the sticks, New Mexico. Danny DeVito gets his five million dollars and the hitman that yeah. he stole or like the, the, the hitman fixer. tries to kill them. They yeah. drop uh, a never ending spool of chain on him that <laughs> completely buries him in one of the that, funniest scenes ever. There's two very funny things that like yes. before we rewatch this, there's two very funny things about this movie that always stuck in my head. One of them is Arnold driving the car on two wheels while yes. screaming because he's driving for the first time and pops the car up on two wheels and is just like cruising through a parking lot and yelling. Uh, the other one is like the chain falling for a very long time. And it ends up being like a nine foot high pile of chain with a, a man at the bottom. And then Danny DeVito says, no, that's a guy with a lot on his mind. And then you can hear <laughs> off screen. Yeah. Uh, so when Arnold drives the, the car on two wheels, there's some guy just get at like towards the end. There's some guy just getting out of his car in the parking lot to go to the store. And he's, he's literally watching the whole thing happen. And he's just crossing the parking lot as the car on two <laughs> wheels is barreling towards him. And yeah. I'm just like, he's dude, like, I live, just, he's like, I live in LA. Like, you know, my dream of stardom isn't panning out. I don't care what happens. I, apparently. Cause that dude's about to fucking die. It was, it was fucking crazy just watching this dude just stare down this car being like, all right, I'm getting in front of this. So it fucking murders me. He's like, I live in Compton. You can't fucking scare me. Oh, fuck. Uh, so, yeah, like, yeah, those are all the two best parts that like I legitimately laughed out loud as I saw the the chain continuing to fall. And then the the quick like <laughs> cut to the the mountain of chain burying this man alive <laughs> and i love like it has as they're watching it because they just stand there like 
agog watching this chain fall and fall and fall and it has big magician pulling pulling like endless handkerchiefs out of his sleeves energy yeah exactly so yeah uh they uh they do their thing they get the they get the money uh they actually turn in the money for some fucking reason and then get reward money by returning the engine okay so the, it was five million dollars that was in the briefcase. Yes, they they do get reward money for turning it in and like stopping the corporate espionage. But it's it's a little bit subtle at the end of the movie where like, you know, Danny DeVito's pouting about how Arnold Schwarzenegger made him turn the money in and stuff. And he's like, yeah, I wish we would have held on to that four million dollars. Yeah. I do remember that. And I was like, oh, he kept a million of it just for himself because yeah. he's Vincent. Yeah. And he, you know, sleight of hand didn't tell his brother about it and he never found out. Also, yeah. it turns out that their mom's not dead and she just lied about it. Right. Because she's just like, what are these two fucking middle aged men fucking doing here at my commune, yeah. my artist commune? Well, because it was one of those things where like. They were both told that their mom died. Mm hmm. Uh, when they were born and like neither of them were told about each other and the mom was told that like she only gave birth to one kid and it died. Yeah. So so everybody who was exposed to the situation found it utterly implausible, except for Arnold Schwarzenegger, who grew up on an island and had no reason to think that anybody would ever lie about anything. What a movie. How did you like twins? It's okay. It's a it's a it's a late 80s comedy uh regarded like with like the most ridiculous shit. Also, David Caruso has like an extended role in the movie as the parking attendant guy who gives Vincent tips at, uh, as yeah. to like cars to steal. He helps him do the big steal. Yeah. Uh and in theory is killed by the hitman. So yeah, it's okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. I will probably never watch it again. Uh, give me triplets. Yeah, they should just make it now. It'd be amazing. It'd be incredible. Just do it now and like. Let the world deal with it. Take that woke people. It doesn't even have to be like Eddie Murphy. Like it was rumored to be at some point. Like just do like anybody of a different race like have it fuck it they make should it they should make Yo. it well no i was just gonna say they should do quadruplets and it's terry cruz and yeah michelle yo is probably a good call or jackie chan yeah like just just make it absurd like i don't give a shit just make it fucking crazy who cares or <laughs> or um, they do triplets, but like one of them is like Tom Holland and they don't mention <laughs> the drastic age difference at all. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's actually really good, too. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, what did you think of twins? It's stupid and I liked it. Uh, I would I would say it's a three and a half good comedy. Yeah, I'm also I'm just going to say another three. Like it's it's a solid 80s comedy. 
it's and it's actually one of those 80s comedies that isn't like super politically incorrect like it's not one of those where like you know they beat up on women or they beat up on gay people or they beat up on black people you know you know it's just one of those ones that's like kind of wholesome but also devito's a scumbag the whole the whole time yeah and they make lasagna in the microwave and it's the greatest thing that arnold schwarzenegger's ever seen in his life this movie's so fucking stupid he's like wow food that isn't a raw mango exists. <laughs> oh, fuck. And also him wearing uh, one of DeVito's shirts and then f- immediately rips it with his <laughs> massive biceps. He's like, oh, yeah. I I forgot that I'm a massive golem of flesh. Yeah. All right. Well, next week on the show, uh, the episode will be releasing on Valentine's Day. So that means we're getting our love on with uh, two romance movies. Uh, Our first one will be Your Place or Mine. This is the Ashton Kutcher uh, Reese Witherspoon movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, our second movie is something you brought to my attention. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. Boy, we gotta watch this one. It is a Korean movie called Love and Leashes. Yeah. Uh, it's about a guy who's a simp and wants the hot girl at the office to act like he's her pet dog. Yeah. Well, let me, uh, I, I added it to my list and Ashley is, is yet to be aware of it. <laughs> the log line is love never hurt so good for two coworkers who enter a contractual relationship as partners in consensual play pleasure and pain so you know korean 365 days this day god have we strayed so far from god that like it's not just korean 50 shades (laughs) i mean it could be korean 50 shades but i want it to be as bad as 365 days I don't know if it's just me or like if it's uh, because like these are hand selected people to specifically be movie actors. But it seems from like outsiders opinion that like everybody in Korea is the most attractive person ever. It's possible. People can just be attractive. But I mean, that's also like. Hollywood for the most part too. Mm-hmm. Like we have character actors and really that's just a nice way of saying not conventionally attractive person as an actor. Yeah. I don't know. I did spend a lot of time this week looking at DeVito. That's fair. Who, you know, as everybody knows is a sex God. He's the trash man. <laughs> I go out on the stage, I eat the garbage. It's fucking <laughs> Oh god. Uh, well, you can check out our so website much. if you want. It's netflixandswill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill and you can also check out Space Weather who did our theme song Bitter. Oh, that reminds me. Thank you for reminding me about Space Weather. 
Uh, if you would like a preview of Space Weather's new song, you can call the number 412-301-7147 and hear it there. Uh, the new song will release on February 24th on Spotify. So go pre-save there. Nice. Make sure you put that in the show notes. Also, which attack from Golden Sun is this song named after? It's a good question. Don't know. Oh, wait. Let me uh let me pull them up. Cuz they 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 it's called Silent Hex. Mm, that might be one actually. That's it sounds again like something fucking Corey. It was like, "Hey, here's here's a, a an attack name from a JRPG." <sighs> Corey needs to use his powers for good instead of whatever he's doing. I was trying to look for it. I I don't see anything. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's in some video game. Uh quick aside, uh the the uh last airbender subreddit, uh one of the posts says, uh Toph clearly was born with cataracts, hence the white glazed over pupils, and could have had her eyesight cured by a 15 minute procedure paid by Mr. Beast. <laughs> god damn it um well we've we've come full circle so it's time to end the show so until next week this is caleb saying uh mr beast pay for my lasik Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.